As entrepreneurs, we're typically only focused on what's next, the next project, the next client, the next accomplishment. However, the truth behind some of the most successful business leaders is taking a minute to look back and reflect. Everyone talks about the infamous year in review, but today we'll learn how to actually do your year in review effectively. In this episode, I'll share how I review my year with what I have found to be the three most important things to focus on. Welcome back to Bootstrappers, a podcast that helps entrepreneurs scale their businesses with remote teams. I'm your host, Gwen Aspen of Anaquim, where we've helped hundreds of companies with highly skilled virtual assistants. So on today's show, we're gonna talk about how to review the prior year so you can make this coming year the best one yet. And because I'm a complete nerd, this is like literally my favorite thing ever. <laughs> I just love it so much. I really do because I'm a journal writer. And so this is like my favorite themed journal writing. So anyway, let's dig in, guys. We're going to talk about three things that you can do to review the last year and make sure this one is the best year yet. First thing, and I got this from Tim Ferriss uh, of the four hour work week uh, the, the author of the four hour work week and it's doing a, a calendar review and looking at your calendar and looking at what things gave you energy and which things took energy from you and then designing your year to come with more of the things that gave you energy and fewer of the things that didn't give you energy. So I did this last year and there was a board that I had been on for six years, I'd been the chair of it for two years, and it really just felt like throughout that year, it was time to let that go, but I felt badly about that because other people on the board were like, no, you have to stay, you know, politics is crazy right now, and we need some people who are middle of the road. So I was going to do six more years because I felt like the sense of, um, obligation to the other board members and to the state of Nebraska. But I remember when I did my year end review, I told my husband, I really don't think that this board gives me energy. In fact, it takes away energy. I'm not feeling passionate about it. And so we had this conversation about it. And yet I was still going to do it just out of obligation. Well, then later in the year, as politics does, there was like a kerfluffle, would you want to call it? I don't know. A... <laughs> a verbal skirmish uh, between me and a state senator. And then the, there was drama and he wanted to get me off this board. And part of me, the, the girl from Detroit, wanted to fight back, keep my job, my free job, my volunteer position. I don't know. There was a part of me that was like, I can't let him win. But then I remembered I had done my year-end review. And what I actually wanted was to get rid of this position. And this was actually the best excuse ever to get off this board and move on with my life and do things that really added value to me. And really, if you are not super excited about something, are you gonna be that great at it anyway? Probably not. So because I had done that review, I just let it go. And I'm kind of glad I let it go because now I have this new bill that I have been dreaming about that's for entrepreneurship that will help small businesses 
start and stay and help people pull the trigger in the state of Nebraska in an entrepreneurial way. I'm super passionate about it and I want to get it passed. And in order to do that, I need help from senators and the governor and all those things. And so I'm glad I didn't make a big deal about not keeping a position I didn't even want because now I can just start fresh let bygones be bygones and hopefully get my bill passed. So that's why this year in review is really important because it can keep you kind of out of being enmeshed with particular situations, thinking bigger and making sure you utilize your energy in the most effective way so that you can be the best you can be in the coming year. So I really recommend that year in review process. And it is fun if you have a spouse or somebody else to do a year in review together. I mean, I guess if you're really nerdy, it's kind of fun to reflect with somebody else on that. Another thing that's really important for my year in review process, again, nerding out here, but is to review habits that help you get where you want to go and make your dreams come true and make your goals happen and habits that detract from your success. So over the course of several years, there have been three habits that I've kicked during this year-end review process that have had tenfold positive impact on my life. One was watching TV. So when I had really young kids, I don't know, they hang out on the carpet a lot. There's a lot of cleaning. There are naps in the middle of the day. It's just not a very exciting time in an adult's life to be a parent of young kids. So I ended up getting into some really bad habits of watching TV that did not enhance my life in any way, shape, or form. I think I even watched like trashy TV Um, There was a time where I watched the Housewives shows, that franchise added absolutely no value to my life, probably made me a worse person, just even consuming that. And so uh, we ended up moving into a new house when the kids were like four and five, and we didn't put a TV in the house. We put one, I think, down in the basement where my husband works out, but I would never, ever go in there. So for all intent and purpose, for like 10 years, I didn't even have a TV. And it transformed my life. TV is like junk food where you have a good intention of only watching like 30 minutes, but then for whatever reason, probably because you're tired when you watch TV, ends up being like this extended thing and making you go to bed late. And then when you go to bed late, then your next day is worse. So it's just, it's just, at least for me, I wasn't able to have like self-discipline around the practice. So changing my life where I don't watch TV impacted my time management in like every other area of my life and had an outsized transformation where I was reading more books, I was spending time reflecting, I was spending time with friends, and I was going to bed at a decent hour. It was just a major net positive. Another habit that I transformed was basically giving up alcohol. So I just am Catholic. We grew up with alcohol all over the place. It was just a cultural norm. I just decided alcohol wasn't serving me anymore. Um, I wanted my kids to have an adult in their life that didn't drink, so they they didn't equate adulthood with alcohol. And so for all intent and purpose, 
I pretty much don't drink alcohol. I'm not going to say I'm perfect because I'm not an AA person or anything like that. I just, it wasn't adding any value to my life. And my life is so much better without it. And that is one habit that has had a ripple effect in other areas of my life in a positive way. So I don't go to bed so, this is another one without going to bed so late. Um, I socialize during the day more on the weekends. We're more into brunch. I get more sleep. I'm happier. I'm hanging out with like really positive people. It's just been a net positive to not drink alcohol. And also, I didn't realize how much it impacted me like at a conference. Like you go to a conference, you drink, and then at the end of that conference, I would get like so sick because I was so exhausted and I'd wrecked my body in all the ways. And then I'd have to spend a week being sick. And I just wasted so much time being sick because alcohol is just really bad for my particular body. The last one was not being on social media so much. Um, I mean, I'm very, I probably spend about 10 or 15 minutes on social media a day, really. And I had to, that's another one of those habits like TV where you have the intention of being on there for like 10 minutes and then it ends up being like some extended period of time and not adding anything to your value and you feel like dirty after you spend too much time on social media. And so um, I really looked at the people I wanted to be more like and they were not the people posting on social media all day. They were not the people that were, were on there all the time. And so... Um, just limiting my, that helped me with my identity. If I wanted to be like a specific person and they weren't on social media that often, then I too shouldn't be on social media that often. And switching my identity and like being like those people caused me to limit it and get it under control and make sure it didn't have an outsized impact on my life. The other one I would say was being obsessed with politics that was a net negative in my life. So now I'm just a browser. I do like to know what happens, but I'm only looking at it like maybe 20 minutes a day. So so look at your habits, look at which ones really don't add value to your life and m get rid of them. Now, when we get rid of habits, I'm a progress, not perfection person. And so like we never get mad at babies when they're learning to walk and then they fall down. We're not like, bad baby, you fell, baby. Like, why are you such a piece of crap? You know, we don't say that to babies. We're like, oh my God, you can do it. Get back up, you can do it. And we need to talk to ourselves like we're a baby learning to walk. So when you have a new habit, you are going to fail. It's part of the process and we have to be coaches to ourselves when we fall, especially breaking a bad habit. Um, I will also say breaking bad habits is amazingly hard. I remember just one of my habits. I was like, I'm spending so much energy not doing something. It seems so ridiculous. But there's just so much psychology wrapped up in all these things. These are the things I mentioned can be coping mechanisms. So if you get rid of a coping mechanism, then you have to come up with a new coping mechanism. You might have to deal with feelings that you just didn't deal with before and you have to be better at that. So there's a whole thing that you'll have to talk to your therapist about. I, we don't have time on this show, but uh, breaking habits and why it's so hard, but totally worth it. And um, this is part of that process of reviewing your year. And then there's creating new habits. 
Um, and that's another thing, like what habits, I'm going to break these habits. So these are the things I don't want. What do I want to be? Who do I want to be in this next year? So three new habits that I did make into um, lifestyle choices or identity choices that have been helpful through this process is learning Spanish, meditating every day, and taking vitamins. So I started with vitamins. We've got to take baby steps. But I just wanted to be a person who took vitamins. And so I spent three months doing that. Then the meditation was the one I did this past year. Uh, and I really struggled with meditation because it's boring. <laughs> you're not good at it it sucks like when you start you're like everyone says this is so amazing and I just I don't understand and my brain just is going so fast so I actually did two weird these are kind of like woo woo weird things to start the meditation process to get my brain to calm down so that I could enjoy the just being still part so I do this thing called EFT or tapping for three minutes and something called havening for three minutes that just calms my nervous system down so that I can actually meditate. And those adding those two things at the beginning helped me keep the habit. But I guess at the beginning, I hated it. I didn't want to do it. It wasn't benefiting me. And so, but I wanted to be, again, it goes back to the identity. I wanted to be a person who meditates. So because I was committed to that, then I was able to come up with these two other things that helped my nervous system calm down so I could effectively meditate, if that makes any sense. And then um, the third, Spanish is such a hard endeavor. I had this thing in my head. My family had always told us, our family can't learn languages. We're bad at languages. It was just this whole thing I'd been told my whole life that it was impossible for our family to learn languages. And I, I have a business in Mexico. My, luckily, I can rely on my husband, who's amazing at Spanish, for a lot of the legal paperwork. But I'm in charge of marketing. We have a website that's in Spanish. So clearly, I have to learn Spanish. And so um, if, I guess this was like three years back. I just decided there was no excuse for me to not learn Spanish. I was going to take lessons five days a week. And I was just going to make it happen. And uh I actually have one success to share. I just had coffee with a friend who speaks no English, and I we had a whole hour coffee, um, you know, date I guess, and we talked in Spanish for a whole hour. And I knew what she was saying, and she knew what I was saying. We talked about concepts, we talked about ideas. It wasn't just basic stuff, and it was amazing. It was such an accomplishment for me because it's overcoming this limitation I had about myself. But it starts with the process of learning. I think when I thought I had to be fluent in Spanish, it seemed overwhelming. But I was like, I'm just going to start the process of learning. And I accepted it would take like four years to become fluent. And the goal was the process, not the end point. It became a new habit that I could do. And now, you know, I'm not fluent. Fluent is a whole different level, but I can, I'm conversational. So, the third thing to make sure that you have the best year ever in the next 12 months is that I think is just fun and kind of playful is coming up with a theme word for the year. So like when I turned 40, my theme word was fabulous. 
And I just thought about it. It was kind of like when I was going out with my girlfriends, we talked about being fabulous. It was totally just playful and fun and really not serious in any way, shape or form, but added to the fun I had when I turned 40. And then this last year was inspirational. And the key was that not that I was going to be like amazingly inspirational to everybody around me. I mean, I hope that I had these moments where I was inspirational, but the point of the word inspirational was to find inspiration in the small things in life. And I wanted to just look at the world in a more beautiful way and like talk to a stranger on the street and acknowledge that I had been inspired by them or see things in the news and look for the inspiration just to bring a little additional joy and it's been a really fun practice. So I do kind of like that my word was inspirational this year. I have a friend, his was think bigger this last year. And oh my gosh, if you could see like the transformation in his business over the last year, even the office space is incredible. It truly impacted the success that he had. So the theme word is a major win if you're doing a year in review and you're um, preparing for the best year ever for the next year. And um, so anyway, I hope the, these three things have been really helpful to me. I hope you get some value out of them. And that's a wrap. We'll see you next time on Bootstrappers. After you've crushed your year in review, the next step in your business success story is strategizing to plan out the year ahead. Download our guide to creating an impactful strategic planning meeting now. It's free and the link to download is in the show notes.